Well, hello there, HW here, and thank you so much for listening to episode 32 of the Tone Junkie podcast, episode 32. It's Cyber Tuesday, or rather, uh, they don't call it that, they call it, it's Giving Tuesday. It's a Giving Tuesday, and so I thought I would give you my opinions. Uh, no, <laughs> uh, no, okay. I just got back from Louisiana, and um, I was visiting my grandmother down there, down in Opelousas, Louisiana, which... Oh my gosh, that is, uh, what a terrible place I would be to live. Um, is, uh, is almost, half the city looks like it's falling over. I, it's really sad. No one's really keeping the place up. Um, from what I glean, Louisiana has a lot of problems with taxes and stuff. There was a giant park in Opelousas and everything was rusted and there was no kids playing on it. And it was just so rusted out. I was like, the kids can't play on any of this stuff. It was very strange. Uh, went into Lafayette and, uh, you know, obviously, bigger city. There was a lot of stuff going on. Uh, not a big city, though, Lafayette. But there was a bunch of stuff. We went to a kids' museum, went to this cool go-kart place. Apparently in Louisiana, by the way, three-year-olds can drive their own go-kart and the signs say helmets optional. So, you know, um <laughs> We just, some places just have a different standard of what is safe and what isn't. Uh, you know, rust on playgrounds all over the equipment, apparently that's not a safety hazard. Uh, but no helmets on three-year-olds driving their own go-karts, apparently that's not unsafe either. Uh, the other thing that's not unsafe there is burning. You just burn whatever you want. Lots of people out there in the country burning whatever they want. You don't got to call anybody. You don't got to tell anyone. You just burn whatever you want. And so there you go. Um, what does appear to be unsafe, though, is having people work in the roadways because no one was fixing the potholes uh, in Louisiana, let me tell you. Uh, I've heard that Louisiana has the worst roads in the nation, and uh, although I have not been to all 50 states, I've been to, maybe I've been to 20 states, uh, I can confirm worst potholes HW has ever encountered. I, at one point, um, I was actually told, don't let your kids swim or step in potholes in the road, you might lose them, they're that deep. And some of them really, really were. But I went down there and I celebrated Thanksgiving with my grandparents, uh, well, my grandmother uh, and an aunt and uncle. And I took my family. We had a good time. I caught up with uh, my great uncle and some cousin stuff. You know, you just see people you haven't seen in a long time when you go travel somewhere like that. And it was a good time. But I was eyeing this guitar. I'm going to, and, I, and I want to get into this because I was looking at some guitars and I was kind of planning on making a big uh, a Black Friday purchase. And it seems like kind of no matter what, right when I'm about to pull the trigger, something happens. So first off, I ended up buying an HX Stomp. And right after I bought the HX Stomp, I bought it used on Reverb for what I thought was a pretty good deal. Then I, I literally buy it, jump online, go uh, into some forums, Facebook groups and stuff. And what do you know, Primax has a 26% off coupon that works for the HX Stomp. So I overpaid for my Stomp. Not the biggest deal in the world. I'm excited to get the Stomp. It should be coming here. It will be a blast. Ugh. But then I was eyeing a guitar. Now you might be thinking, here's this guy yawning in the middle of podcast, but actually... 
uh, it wasn't a purposeful yawn, but it, it is useful. Because let's get into why I didn't buy a guitar, because it's also the reason why I'm so tired. I uh, was looking at a B3 Phoenix guitar. Now, if you don't know, B3 Baker Guitars, um, is it Jim Baker? No, that's the televangelist. Uh, Tom, Tim Baker? I don't remember the guy's first name, but he makes great guitars. And he makes it under the company name B3. Now, these are some of the, these are upper echelon boutique guitars. And they're kind of, maybe they were more talked about some time ago. Um, but they're not irrelevant at this point. Not at all. I think they're still very relevant. And they have a particular Firebird Telecaster mashup that kind of feels like a Gibson but has the Tele Bridge pickup and two Firebird pickups in the middle. It just sounds tremendous. Chicago Music Exchange has a killer YouTube video on them, and they're just awesome. And this guy John on the group, on this Facebook group I'm in, you know, he, he has one. He doesn't have the finish I would have gotten, although his guitar does look cool. It's natural. Um, I really do like the Firebird finish. I really do like one that's up there right now. And they're very hard to find these days in that configuration with the two Firebirds and the Tele and the Bridge. Right now, they're they're making double Firebird versions. And they're all Lawler pickups. It's good, good stuff, man. I'm still thinking about it. But you know what? It's $4,000. Yeah. Uh-huh. I got this look from my wife when I showed her. I was like, what do you think of this guitar? And she saw the price. I didn't ask her if I could get it. And I got this look from her like, I wouldn't divorce you, but, and that's all I could really glean from the look. So the good news is, is HW is not getting a divorce, <laughs> but he's also not getting a guitar because um, I am exhausted. Now, let me tell you why I'm exhausted. And it's why I'm not getting this guitar right now. Because we get home from Louisiana. Oh, and there we go again. Really tired here, really sleep deprived because we get home from Louisiana and I get all the stuff unpacked. And guess what I hear? Boop. 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 I go, oh God, smoke detector, that chirping sound. So I, we, we've been home less than one hour. I'm unpacking, trying to get my kids to bed. We've been in the car 10 and a half hours. And I go, we don't have any 9-volt batteries, and all these stupid things take 9-volt batteries. So I go, I got to go to the store. My wife's like, no, we got to bathe the kids. I'm like, I have to change this battery. It's chirping. She's like, forget about the battery. Just put the kids to bed. I'm like, the one that's chirping is in one of my son's rooms. How's he going to fall asleep? It's going to keep waking him up. Don't worry about it. He'll fall asleep. How it's bought, I won't be able to fall asleep from our bedroom with that thing chirping. How's he going to fall asleep? She says, text the neighbor. I text my neighbor, Dino. He has a battery. <sighs> I get up there on a ladder. I put it in. All is well. Or so I thought. Because about two hours later, boop, boop. So I get online. How do I fix this thing? So they say, take it out, uh, hold down this one button. And as I'm doing this, I start thinking this. Are we, are we all crazy? Is the whole world completely insane? We, I have 
10 of these stupid things around my house. And you're telling me they just randomly can beep whenever they want. And then I can replace the battery and they still keep beeping. What? And then they don't take into account when I'm sleeping, when I'm in the room or not. They're using precious battery life to even give up a chirp and I might not even be there. Like, was this thing beeping all week? Then I thought, what do I do? I'm looking at this stupid thing. It's got one button on it, one button that supposedly does everything. I'm reading the manual. Oh, you can, the button says test or silence. It says test slash silence. No other instruction. You hit the button. It, it silences it, but it keeps starting back up. You hold the button. Holding the button makes it do a bunch of beeps, and it sends some alarm to all its other friends in the house so that they can all start beeping. That's supposed to fix something. I look in the manual. Here's what it says. It says, um, if after you replace the battery, the chirping continues, uh, remove the remove uh, the the, uh, the unit from from you know it's like little holder thing that holds it to the wall from the mount. Unplug it from the power because this thing is so stupid. It has its own power and then it also has a battery and it's got a nine volt battery, but it also has its own power. And I'm sitting here thinking in the last three years since this is installed, how is this battery dead? I can count on one hand the amount of times the electricity has gone off in this house. And it was like a total of like less than one hour. You mean it couldn't like run some passive sensor that it, that, that checks for smoke for one hour? Like, like how, why is it drawing any battery from the 9 volt? Then anyway, then I, I, I it says, oh yeah, you got to remove it, re- disconnect the power, take the battery out, and hold the button down to drain the power from the unit. How, th- how is that at all intuitive? How is anyone supposed to know this? Anyway, I do this. It silences the alarm about eight hours again. Beep. Beep. I'm, I'm ready. I'm ready to go get my, my little 22 rifle that my dad gave me as a kid and shoot this stupid thing. Here's the thing, though. I know that if I do that, it's going to use its last dying breath to spite me and send an alarm to all its friends saying, oops, I'm not hooked up. Because that's the other thing. If you just go unhook one of the 10 smoke alarms in the house, you will... Uh, it, it will eventually uh, notice some system here will notice, and it will be like, "Oh, you don't you're, you don't have the fire smoke detector." Tell everyone. So now I'm I'm I, I I have to go overboard to solve this problem. I could, you know I went to Home Depot, and I said I, I saw these stupid alarms, and they they they're all so dumb. None of them make any sense. And it just beeps at me. And I'm going, I'm looking at this stupid unit going, you think you could indicate to me some reason why you're beeping? Like, could you have a light or something that tells me if you have a low battery? No, there's just one light on the stupid thing. And could you could you maybe like, I don't know, inform me in some way of what the issue is here? You're a smoke carbon monoxide detector who also likes to tell me there's a low battery and you can receive signals from your friends. So you're beeping is something can can you identify for me what I'm supposed to be doing for you that you feel the need to beep at me? There's no digital readout on this thing. There's no options. There's no menu. There's one button. Let me okay, I want to shut you up. Let me press that. It works. Nope, it doesn't. 
Okay, I want to replace the battery. Let me press that. It works. Nope, it doesn't. Okay, I'd like you to die. Uh, let me press that. Nope, it doesn't work. So I said, screw this. I got online. I realized, oh, shoot, I use Nest thermostats. I use Nest cameras in my house. Nest has a thing called Nest Protect. So I'm going, I got, now I just went and bought 10 of these Nest Protect uh, uh, smoke and carbon monoxide detectors. And here's why. And this isn't meant to be a commercial for Nest, but, but this is a rant about how stupid some things are. And this is a new house. We built this place just a couple years ago. And I'm going, why are you putting in all this dumb stuff in the house? The technology's there. It's like, why didn't they just tell me, hey, HW, listen, we can put in, look, we'll build the house at the price you said, we, we agreed upon. But if, uh, but if we go at that price, we're going to just put in these 1950s era smoke detectors that tell you nothing that you can't use. You can't hit the button. You got to get a ladder to go up there and use it because that's where the sensor needs to be. So we put the, all the stuff up there. So you got to go find a lap. So, so when it's beeping in the middle of the night, which it has the last two nights, my son comes and stands next to my bed and says, of course, he doesn't say I hear a beeping. He just says, I can't sleep. I'm like, why? Is it the alarm? He's like, I don't know. And then I hear the stupid chirp. Now I got to go downstairs. I got to unset my alarm so I can go into my garage. I got to grab a ladder. I got to march back upstairs. I got to climb the ladder. I got to do this. I got to hope it works. You know, you get that, you get that tired rage too. You just want to kill this dude. I want to throw it out the window. And I'm sitting here going, you think, yeah, you think the builder could have been like, now HLB, we're, we're going to install this thing. And in two years, you're going to want to murder it. And it'll never work well because um, your house is probably never going to catch on fire. So it will probably never be there to protect you, but maybe it will. But it's probably just going to chirp at you all the time whenever the batteries go out. And so I'm like, no, I don't want this. Also, I don't want a unit that tells me the battery is low at 2 a.m. I, I don't want that. I want a unit that tells me the unit has enough battery to chirp at me for days. St please don't tell me when I can't, when I'm not going to do anything about it. So I go online, I check out these Nest ones, and these Nest ones, they have two, there's, there's two reasons I'm buying it. One, I can tell it to be quiet from my phone. So I don't have to get a ladder out. And two, when you turn off the light, this is the most genius feature. When you turn off the light on the Nest uh, uh, Protect, when you turn off the light in the room, not even on the unit, it senses light. When you turn off the light switch, it flashes a green light at you. You know what that green light means? Here's what it means. It means, hey, you. Hey, you. Hey, you person whose house I'm installed in. Hey you, hey, you person whose life I am protecting with my smoke and carbon detection. I realize that when you turn off that light, it means you're not in here. And I'm not going to chirp like some sort of a passive-aggressive electronic appliance a-hole. No. That would be a bunch of horse manure. I am instead going to recognize that you're not in this room. And if you're not in this room... I am going to estimate that you'll probably be back in the next 12 hours or so. Because you probably, you might be turning off this light because you're not in the room. But the fact that I have no natural sunlight in my light sensor also tells me it's probably nighttime. And that you don't want to be disturbed to know 
that there's only 30 days left of battery life for me to chirp at you on this thing. It's a message that could wait till tomorrow morning. So by flashing this green little light, the Nest Protect unit tells, tells you, hey, I see you're turning off that light, and I just checked my battery, and I'm good for at least another 12 hours. I'm good for at least another 12 hours before I even need to give you a warning about this battery. So go ahead. Rest easy. I'm cool. I'm just going to sit here on the ceiling looking for smoke and carbon monoxide and doing whatever else I do. That's what I'm going to do. You go ahead and sleep. I'm not going to wake you up. It's not one hour before you go to bed, and I could at this point tell you that my battery's getting kind of low, but instead I'm going to wait for the middle of the night. No, I flash my green light. You're good to go, sir. Go ahead and get some rest. Get some shut-eye. You deserve it. You're the reason I exist. You're the reason I am here. Okay. That sounds like a good smoke alarm to me. So I bought a bunch. I bought 10. Replaced everyone in the house. My wife said, HW, that is a ridiculous amount of money. These things are kind of expensive. I said, no, what is ridiculous, what is completely unacceptable is that I now realize I have purchased devices that may or may not just wake me up when they feel like it. And by the way, this stupid smoke alarm, I've replaced the battery. I've done all the instruction things. It still beeps every couple hours at me and starts beeping like it has a low battery again. I've replaced the battery twice. I don't know. They said it could be a faulty battery sensor, a blah, 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 blah. Now I got to go to, now I go to Home Depot and I see all these other stupid units and I'd see, and they're just a bunch of dumb units that were, there's really nothing good about them. It's like, oh, you can buy the $16 smoke alarm, but you need one that connects. They're all wired in your house. So, uh, um, or you can go all the way up to the $79 piece of garbage that we also, uh, you know, we added like one feature to, we gave you a second light. So one light now, so now there's two lights, there's a red light and a, and a yellow light. And when it beeps at you and you walk up, instead of looking up, it'll just tell you now, oh, by the way, the battery's low with its yellow light, as opposed to just chirping. Now it's just chirping with a light. Wow, what advancement in technology. I mean, tell Elon Musk he can take the day off. We're all fine now. The, the, the smoke detector companies are, they're just pushing the limits. They added two lights to your smoke detector. It's 2018. I literally just ordered two Oculus Go's. I can, it, it's a virtual reality, self-contained. I, I'm talking to you on, on a device I'm recording. I'm going to send it to a cloud, which is just another way to say someone else's computer. But I'm going to send it to you. You're going to be able to pull that data down whenever you want. But your smoke detector, cutting edge, looks like two lights. So I said, screw that. So then I, so, so here's what happened. Here's what happened next. I'm going to make a couple observations here about technology and things. I'm really, I'm really happy about that, that, I'm, that I'm buying these units. I, I even called a place because then I said, well, you know, I've been meaning to get um, a, do a doorbell uh, camera. Because I have this Nest stuff in my house. I have the thermostats. When we, when we bought thermostats, I couldn't figure out how to work the stupid thing. I don't know. I talked to my dad about this, and this is a different thing. And I'm, I'm going to go somewhere with this. I talked to my dad about it. My dad is more comfortable on like an old, on like, you know, um, like an old, uh, like thermostat where you set high and low and do all this stuff. And I'm like, I don't, I don't even know what, what is I, what do I set this? And it's this mode and that mode. And 
I've talked about on this podcast why I even find dryers so difficult to use. Like, there's not really a lot of standardization with dryers and how they, I mean, there, there's some, but you know, it's like you have this dial and you're selecting different things on this dial, but sometimes the dial right next to it conflicts with what you just put in the first dial because it has to show you all the options, whether they're relevant or not. You know, like I had this, I had this washing machine that was like, I put it on normal. And then there was another one that said double rinse. And then, and then, no, it said multi-rinse. Then there was a dial right next to it that said, you know, uh, single rinse, double rinse, triple rinse. And I thought, well, wait, multi-rinse, well, okay, can I put it on normal and have double rinse? No. Can I put it on, tri- but the dial says double rinse. It has a value showing to me on the dial. I would assume I'm always dialing, no, 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 that only applies if you select multiple rinse. Well, where does it say that? Well, it doesn't. Well, why is it showing me options that are not relevant to me? Well, because it's an analog dial system. So I, I like graphic interfaces more. So I went and bought these Nest things. Also, I bought them because I wanted to know the humidity level uh, in my basement, you know? Anyway, my wife actually installed the Nest thermostats. I was very impressed. I came home, she had installed them. Then I, uh, I went over to... Uh, uh, you know, I went to the Nest website and, and I saw these cameras and I thought this is great. At the time my kids were younger, I kind of thought these are like awesome baby monitors. They'll work on my phone. You know, I can make sure the babysitter's not like trying to choke my kids or something. So I got some of those and they told us when the kids were up. Because we had, you know, when they stand up in the crib, the Nest will be like, we see a person. It sees a silhouette. So I'd look in there, I'd be like, oh, the little guy's up. Let me go get him. Because he wouldn't really yell. He'd just stand up and look around. I'll go get them. So I go to Home Depot, and I go, actually, I call a company, and they said, look, you're near Black Friday. You probably still got some deals out there. Go look at Nest, Home Depot, Best Buy. See who's having a sale. And one of those guys probably having a sale. Buy your Nest products there, and we can install them. I said, yeah, that sounds good. Maybe I can have them install everything. We'll put in all 10 of these things, and... and uh, uh, or at the very least, I'll do the, the smoke detectors and they'll do uh, the doorbell chime camera thingy. Well, I go to Home Depot. And uh, I go to the smoke detector section. They're all stupid. And they have the Nest ones. Okay, great. There's no Nest ones out there. There's just these little tags of paper. You can grab one and bring it to the register and then they'll go get the Nests. You know, the Nest. Uh, you know, I guess the nice stuff is kept. I don't know. It's Home Depot. There's a, things a lot more expensive than these thermostats I'm buying that are not locked up in the back, but apparently they need to lock these up in the back. So the, I, 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 I count out 10 of these things. I go to the front. The guy looks at me. I can tell he, he, he looks at me. He looks at this. He reads the paper. It tells him he's supposed to go get it. He's like, oh, okay. He leaves the register. He goes and looks for a while. He comes back. I don't see him. I go, you don't see him. He goes, yeah, I don't know if we have this. I go, you don't know if you have this. There's hundreds of these papers back there on a little little uh, tablet that you rip off, and then you take it to the front and get your Nest thermostat. I'm like, There's literally hundreds of these papers. There's two uh, kind of notebooks full of them. I just took 10 out of one of them. I mean, there, there was over 100 for sure. He, uh, he says, yeah, I don't see them. So he looks it up. He can't find it in the system. 
I'm kind of watching this guy like look it up. And I can tell he's not that comfortable with with sort of the Home Depot has this new touchscreen whole system that everyone's using. And and he's searching for he's searching Nest smoke detector, Nest alarm, nothing, nothing. He's like, yeah, we don't even have this in our system. Finally, I spoke up. I said, I think it's called Nest Protect. See on the paper, it's called Nest Protect Smoke and CO2 Alarm. That's the name of the product. Try that. He looks it up. It says, uh, oh, they've got 10 of them. He's like, oh, let me go look. He goes and looks, comes back. Yeah, we don't have any. And at this point, I'm kind of going like, okay, sir, you didn't come back and tell me you have three, or I'm sorry, we only have eight. Sometimes uh, the inventory's off. He came back and said, we have none. And I was like, oh, you don't have any? He's like, no, we don't have any. I was like, did you sell out? He was like, I, probably. At this point, I'm thinking, okay, do you know, where, like, if you had come back with a couple of units, but not enough, I would know that you found where they were, but you don't have as many as you thought. But right now you're just empty-handed, and I'm sort of second-guessing if you know where these are in the store. Like you went and looked in some like cabinet thing, but I'm like, but your inventory says 10. It's kind of a big building. You kind of didn't seem to know where these were right away. Like maybe we should ask somebody else, maybe a manager. Or not, 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 to, not, not to judge this guy on his age, but in my head I'm thinking, maybe we can ask someone like who feels a little more comfortable with searching these products in the system. I just got the feeling he was not, he was old school guy, you know? And he, I said, are you sure you don't have any of them? Because it says 10, you don't even have one left? He's like, there's none in the store. And then he goes, you can go to the other Home Depot. They have nine. And in my head, I'm thinking, do they? Do they have nine? Because you think you have 10 and you have zero. They think they have nine. I might walk in there and they might tell me I owe them a nest. I, you know what I'm saying? Everybody has 10 less than what they, okay, I don't know. But you say you've got 10, you've got none. They say nine. I don't know. What are the chances they have nine in there? The guy says, yeah, here, take the number. And I was like, oh, okay. And I got my phone out and I said to him, is it the other store on South Royal Oaks? He's like, yeah, yeah, Franklin. And he reads to me the number. And I go, okay, while he's reading the number, I'm, I, I literally just opened a browser window and typed Home Depot. The first thing that Google identifies was that I was looking for a location. I hit location, I hit the location, hit phone number. I can see the phone, I can see the little call icon. He's like, he's, he finishes reading the phone number. I'm like, I'll go check. He's like, yeah, call him up before you go. I'm like, yeah, I'll call. And he's like, the phone number is, and he reads it again, right? But this time I notice as he's reading it, he kind of knows the phone number and he's watching me and I'm not typing in the phone number and he's reading it. You know, he's saying the phone number because I guess he has it memorized and I, but I have the little, I have the icon up and I'm like, okay. And I just look at him and I say, okay, I'll, I'll check. And then he's like, yeah, you should really call before. And at this point, I'm going, this is the third time now he's telling me to call or take the number. And I'm a little confused, but I'm putting two and two together. I'm putting two and two together that he is not seeing me type in the number. And so he's assuming I'm not taking the number down from him. I'm just going, 
I'm just going to go drive there. Which, let me explain something to you. That's the opposite of what I would ever do. I, I probably wouldn't, even if he told me, I can guarantee you they have them there and they're free. I still might second guess going to a second store. Only because I'd be like, that. that's it. I've put in enough effort. I'm now going to order these online and someone can bring them to my house. I, I, I'm, I'm going on some wild goose chase trying to find some piece of consumer electronic that should be popular that Home Depot thinks they have 10 of, but they have zero. No, if they were free, of course I could get them. But he's looking at me going, you're not taking down the number. Like, take down the number. Don't just go there. And I'm like, oh, it's okay. And then I said to him, I, I, I'm putting this together. And I said, oh, yeah, it's okay. I, I can, I'll look up the number. And then he's like, are you sure? I got it right here. After he's read it to me twice in this. And I was kind of taken aback. As I, I, I really just thought of me and my dad and the stuff we talk about. And I realized, here I am. I'm here at the store because something beeped at me. And I had to get a ladder out. Climb a ladder and I had to like push a button a bunch of times and it wasn't 100% clear to me in any sort of a text message or digital thing that I got so upset, I want to kill this thing and now I'm talking about it on a podcast and I went out and spent a lot of money, like the cost of a guitar, not the cost of a Sur guitar, but certainly the cost of some Fender guitars, um, to just have it so that my smoke alarms will just ring my telephone so I never have to go get a ladder out again or it'll just tell me what's going on or I can just look up and know that that piece of technology is like keeping up with where I think it needs to be and I don't, I don't like, I'm not, I'm not, it's not mysterious to me. Like I've done all that just so I don't have to like worry about this unit and here's this guy and my perspective is, no, 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 don't even tell me the number. Like, don't worry. Like, literally, he starts reading me the number, and I'm, my, my brain shuts off. I'm not even listening to any of the numbers. I'm immediately like a ninja, lightning fast on my phone, unlock with my thumb, Safari browser, new window, Home Depot, and like, it autofills. Hit it. Hit the call icon. It's the little bubble pops up. Call this number, and he says, call or cancel. Like by the time he's done with the, oh my God, I could, I could hear the smoke alarm. It just went off again. It just beeped and I can hear it. <sighs> okay. I, you know, I'm, I'm like lightning fast. I'm, I, I'm, you know, in the time it takes him to read 10 digit, num, 10 num, like digits. I've like searched for it. Already. I've unlocked my phone. I've got it out. And he's probably looking at me going, why would you like get out your, why would you look it up? It could be confusing. You might not see it. Like you might not find it. I realize he's dealing with a system where he just put in three search queries and twice got no results back. And I'm thinking his, like he's, maybe his perspective is that sometimes computers don't work. To me, I'm like that, I don't even, that sentence cannot compute. What do you mean sometimes they don't work? You mean sometimes the battery goes dead? You mean sometimes it's unplugged? You mean sometimes it's not turned on? They're always working. So, you know, I was just, I was taken back by, I felt like his perspective and mine. Something tells me this guy would have just been like, just replace that one smoke detector. It's got a faulty thing. Why would you replace all 10 of them? And I'm like, oh my God, the potential of this thing beeping at me and me not knowing what's wrong with it. And I got, I have to replace this and get it into my, into a system that I'm comfortable with and everything. 
It's very interesting. It, it actually made me realize too how much uh, maybe I gloss over how intimidating a Kemper can be. You know, I'm making these videos and stuff about how to how to Kemper, and then I got you know people sometimes send me questions that I would say are I don't I'm not trying to make fun of anyone. They're very rudimentary questions. You know, how do I turn on a delay? Well. I guess if you've never used the unit, it would be quite confusing. But but now I bec- I've become so re- I've used the Kemper so often I've become so removed. It's like that's like the simplest thing. Press the delay button; it should turn on a delay. Or you know, people will. Uh, hey, do, do you think um, do you, what kind of cabinet do I need to get a cabinet to run my Kemper, or will I like monitors? It's like well, I I don't know. Some people use, I just go into the thing, some people use monitors, I use my monitors sometimes, I do like them, but I kind of still enjoy having a larger speaker in the room, I like having my Kemper active where I can take my laptop, bring it upstairs, use it, when I come back downstairs I don't have to launch my computer or anything, so I don't run it through a DAW, I don't, I don't um, monitor it through a DAW, so I don't want that hooked up that way, so... You know, for that reason, I like to use an FRFR cab. I could go right into the interface and and right out to the speakers. I don't really need the DAW in there to do it through the monitors, but um, you know, I, I you can. Uh, you know, maybe you'll like it. But it's it's a different perspective. You know, I mean, you come from a tube amp, right? You come from a one button smoke detector, and you go, "This is how it works. This is just how it works." And all of a sudden, someone's like, "Here, download this app for your smoke detector." And you're like, "A smoke detector is like the, one of the most simple things. I've been using smoke detectors for years. You just push a button when it makes a sound, and then you stop when it when it doesn't have a sound, and then you're good. Like, why would you need why, why would you need to change that? Why would I need an app? That seems so. I have to download an app and log in and register this thing and connect it with other devices. That all seems." difficult it all seems cumbersome it seems like why would i want to make a smoke alarm so complicated but my perspective is how could this thing be so stupid it's so it doesn't do anything it has no fun it's funny how simple one person's simple could be another person's lack of functionality and to me i'm I mean, I, I, I want to damn my smoke detectors to eternal f- flames, you know what I mean? Which is sort of ironic, because then it would be beeping forever, wouldn't it? You know, but I, I, my point is, I'm so mad at the thing for being so simple, for not doing what I want it to do in the fashion I want it to do it, for not having capability that I think is just, that should be expected. And yet, um, I see how other people could say, why, why would you want to... Why would you need an app, a piece of software for a smoke detector? We haven't needed that. That's really quite strange if you think about it. And it really makes you realize, you know, both things do the job. Maybe I feel like one thing does a job better. I can go look and it'll tell me how much percentage is left on my battery. So I can go, hey, those batteries are getting down to 30%. I should change them soon. And maybe I wait a week and I'm at the store and I go, oh, here we go. There's a battery here. I'll, I'll buy some batteries. Or maybe, um, or maybe it tells me, uh, hey, um, 
you know, like my smoke alarm, like the, these, these new ones that I bought, they will actually tell my thermostat, like if it senses smoke, it will tell my, or, or like carbon monoxide, it will tell, it will not only alert me, it will tell my thermostat, um, stop the HVAC system. We don't want to spread this around the house. Hmm, that seems like a good feature. Yeah. Why don't they all do that? Well, some of them are very simple. And it makes me think, you know, it's, it's what, what are you optimizing for? We go back to this all the time. When people ask me, Kemp, HW Kemper or Helix? Have you tried the Axe? I've been liking bias, bias effects. Or, I don't know, my logic amps sound pretty good. You know, what are you optimizing for? You don't say you're optimizing for tone. We never just optimize for tone. Rarely. It's so rare. You know who optimizes for just tone? The edge. But actually, not really. I don't think the edge... The edge has like this elaborate setup with nine amplifiers where he has an AC30 clean, and then when he wants it to be a little dirtier, they then he hits a button, and it's AC30 and the 5E3 you know, together. And so that tone together has a little more dirt because the AC, the uh, 5e3 is bringing in like a, a good amount of overdrive. And then you, and then you, 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 you know, that along with like, you know, nine amps, a lot, dual memory mass, a lot. Is he just, is he optimizing for just tone? Is he going through all of that just for tone because he thinks that sounds the best of anything? I think so, but I also think there's another thing. I think the Edge is optimizing for familiarity as well. Could the Edge use one 5E3 and one AC30, switch it on and off like that, and then find pedals that sound amazing or boost that sound amazing? Yeah, but by using multiple 5E3s, you can have them set at different levels. You can turn on just the one you want. He's, he's essentially achieving what other, what other digital units attempt to give you, which is here's the 5e3 at 3, here's the 5e3 at 5, here's the 5e3 at 7. I'm not really 100% sure that his setup is exactly like that, that he's setting them up that way. But my point is, with multiple amps, when different ones are on and off at different times, you're getting different tones that you can switch on and off. I mean, a lot of modelers do that. Maybe people like the convenience of it. Now, maybe he feels 100% nothing sounds like this. Or maybe for him, it's like, I have a tech. We can afford to bring nine amps out. And it's just something that slowly grows because he goes, yeah, I, I, you know, I hooked up my other 5e3 and I was using it like this and it sounds great. I want to use it that way. And he knows how to do it. His tech knows how to do it. Everyone's familiar with it. They know they, they're familiar with 5e3. So why not take a couple more on the road? We know how to fix them. We know everything. He he's not going to go get some new uh, 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 transistor uh, board amp, even if it sounds better, because if it breaks, he might be like, well, I can't fix that on the road. The tech can't fix that. It would it would stop the tour. I wouldn't stop the tour. I mean, but, it, you know, it would stop the amp from working, which means you'd have to change his setup for a night. So it's familiarity and it's sound. I think you're never really optimizing for just one thing at one time. You know, there's always competing goals. It's rare that you're making a decision with just one thing. You know, you got something called one-issue voters. Those are when people go, listen, I'm one issue is determining my entire who I'm going to vote for. I think that's a way to be. It's a way to make a decision that's complicated, boil it down to one thing. But I think rarely do we make tone decisions based on that. 
when I see I see a lot of people who talk about the Helix and one thing, what do they always say? It's convenient, it's portable, it has a good interface, and I, it's right there, easy to use. I feel like I'm looking at a digital representation of my pedal board. I feel like I can add effects in, and I feel like I can do it on the fly. That's something that people often say the Kemper kind of lacks, that it doesn't quite feel that way, that it's a little more, it, there's a, surely a, a sharper learning curve to how to operate the Kemper compared to how to operate the Helix. Now, I've often, I've also heard people say this, there's such a huge learning curve to get the Helix to sound its best that Kemper is more plug and play. Sometimes I hear people say that Kemper is more plug and play because the Helix, you got there's really a bunch of tricks to make it sound its best. You really got to put in the effort to dial it in. Yet at the same time, people say it's easier to use. It's strange. It's harder to use to get the best out of it, but it's easier to use in the sense that you can be doing more with it, actually getting into the functionality very quickly because it's fairly intuitive of a system. It's very... It's, that, that, I, I'm not sure I could find another example like that where something is both harder and easier to use at the same time. But... I think a lot of people, what I do here is them saying they're optimizing for convenience with the Helix. Not to say they don't like the tone. I'm just saying if you, a lot of people, I think if you told them, uh, well, look at the Axe, right? A lot of people play the AX8. Why? Is it as good as the, as the, uh, the Axe 2XL? Well, you can't do double amps with it. It's all the same, but you can't do double amps. Well, so is it as good? Well, I mean... If the AX2 does everything the AX8 does, but you can also do dual amps, amps and stereo, well, then the AX2 must be better. Why do people buy the AX8? Because it's smaller and more portable. It does the job. It's smaller and more portable. And being more portable outweighs, for a lot of people, using double amps. I think, for a lot of people, uh, the Helix sounds how they need it to sound, in the mix, and it's portable. For a lot of people, the Kemper sounds how it needs to be in the mix, and it's more portable than a tube amp. But maybe those people go, but the feel of the Kemper is just a little notch above, which I feel that way. I do. And so they go, well, I'll, I'll take less portability less intuitiveness, and less flexibility with routing, with options, with stereo amps. The Kemper all has all those limitations that I wish it didn't. But I'm gonna but but the feel to me is more important than being able to run two amps. So I might fix that by getting two Kempers. Ah now wait a second, we're even less portable now. Yeah. Weigh that out. I could be bringing two Kempers to church. I only bring one because I go like this. My AC30 performance with all my P&W delays and verbs sounds great to me. I used it on a recording. I went back and did re-recorded a bunch of parts on a lot from a live record and the the producer doing the record said your tone is great. I said you want me to change anything? No, it's great. Sometimes we change the delay and reverb, but the amp tone, we tried other profiles. We loved that AC. I had dialed it in, ladies and gents. Pat HW on the back next time you see him. He had done what we were all trying to do all the time, what he's always thinking about trying to do. I'm just trying to dial it in so it sounds so good in the mix and good in my ears. And it sounds good in my ears. And I had some fear I'm going to sit down with this, with these parts 
and with this track. And when we go to track these parts, I'm going to play it and realize my tone is all wrong for the song. And that really did not happen. Now, we overdubbed a couple parts. And there were times that twice I think I pulled up a matchless profile so that I had one guitar on an AC-30. And then I did another layered part on top of it with a slightly different amp. But, you know, it, it worked. What I've been doing on Sundays... Seems to have worked for the record. I don't know. You can judge it when the record comes out. There'll be videos and stuff, too. It'll be great. But would I love to have two different amps in stereo? Heck yes, I would. I'd love to have two AC-30s where they're both slightly different from each other. But I'd, I'd give that up. If I want to have that, I, I should be playing the Helix Live. But I have my tones dialed in. I think the feel is a little bit superior on the Kemper. I think it really feels like a two. I'll tell you, for me, the, it's this very subtle thing. It's very subtle. It's not something anyone will notice in a mix. Certainly, they will not hear it in a mix. You could maybe hear it if you're listening closely for this. But to me, the biggest thing I notice, when you slap a chord on a guitar amp that has some overdrive, um, the signal is strongest when you hit it, right? When you strike it. And then what happens? You might get some bloom because you hit it so hard that it compressed and then it cut and then it sort of blooms, comes up, or it stays at the same intensity, but eventually the intensity of the signal decreases. And when it decreases, it doesn't just decrease in volume, the tone actually cleans up. Because what do we know about tube amps? They're touch sensitive. When you hit it light, you get less overdrive. You get a cleaner sound. When you hit it hard, you can get more overdrive. Depending on the settings, you can set an amp to be clean the whole time, to be almost dirty all the time. But even the most dirty thing should be cleaning up somewhat, even if it, even if you can't really hear it, it 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 must be doing that. And um, what I notice is that the Kemper captures that in a way that I can't tell the difference. The notes, as they decay, get cleaner. But I notice this just about modelers in general. Uh, and I kind of feel, I didn't notice it as much with the Axe, although I do believe it's true with the Axe to a degree, but I, I do notice it slightly with the Helix. That note, you hit it, it's a little bit, it's overdriven, it's correct. And as it decays, it doesn't quite clean up at the same ratio that the volume decays. Meaning it seems to me, it, it cleans up, but it stays a little, it stays like the volume starts to go down, not, not in the same relationship that the gain decreases. Meaning they both happen, but they're both happening sort of in, in, con, in conjunction with each other, one way on a tube amp. I feel like the Kemper, Kemper does that in a way I can't tell the difference. And the Helix does it, and it's a little bit different. And that's what I mean about the feel. It does it a little bit different. Could you tell that in a mix? Never. Never? Not in a trillion years. Could you tell it if you weren't playing the guitar? I don't even think so. I really don't. But it's a little something I noticed. And I think some of that is why IRs sound better maybe in the, in the, in the Helix. I don't know. I really don't know. But, um, you know, the tone joints have been really deep in the Helix stuff, and it sounds great. 
It, it really does. I've actually been really impressed with the Helix lately um, with playing it and what we've been able to come up with. It's been sounding incredible. Uh, really great. So uh, I'm not poo-pooing on the Helix, but I am poo-pooing on old smoke detector technology. It's straight up garbage, y'all. We're better than this. We are better than this. Today's episode was sponsored by Nest. Nest, where you can get not dumb smoke detect. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> no, but I am a fan of Nest. So shout out to Nest because I use some of their products. Literally, this has been my experience with things at home. I didn't like my thermostat. I couldn't really figure out why my basement one wasn't turning on when it was getting really cold sometimes. Had this auxiliary heat thing sometimes. I said, I don't get this. Is there a better way? So then I said, let's get these Nest thermostats. I think they're more easy. My wife installed it. Nest asked us, do you have an auxiliary heat pump downstairs in the basement? Because part of it's underground. We said, yes. It knew how to control that system. It knew... It connected with the app super well. It was great. Once we were using that, I said, let's get some cameras because we needed a baby monitor kind of thing. Those turned out to be well. Now I'm having problems with my smoke alarm. What do you know? Nest has a solution for that. So I'm very into Nest, and I'm pretty much making this whole house a smart Nest home. And um, hey, you know, it's cool. This has been HW episode 32. We talked a little about guitar. I talked about wanting to buy guitars, not getting to for this Black Friday. Probably not going to pull the trigger on that guitar because it's a lot of money. But um, hey, you know, you never know what's going to happen. And, uh, and I think we got into Kemper and Helix and how they relate to smoke alarms. And I would challenge you to find another podcast that can somehow relate smoke detectors and tone. Now I, you have me curious. What is the note value? What is the pitch of that beep? I'm going to go get a guitar and an octave pedal, and I'm going to try to match it. I've been HW. This has been episode 30. Thank you so much for listening to the Tone Junkie podcast. So much more good stuff coming up very soon. Peace, love, Kemper, out.